1: All right, all right, all right. Notre Dame fans, we are back with another edition of the Irish Breakdown podcast. That's Vince Sedaro, the football analyst at irishbreakdown.com. I'm Brian Driscoll. Y'all know us. That's the OG right there with me. And Vince, we are going to talk about the – we're going to put the kind of the, the fin- finishing touches on the Notre Dame-Stanford game. Because you and I definitely I don't want to talk the... about it much more after That's this. right. I know, right? I literally don't want to talk about this game after tonight. But... <laughs> So the reason for the late start is we've been trying to get Streamyard fixed to allow us to show the clips, and it's not. So uh, we will not be showing clips tonight. But there's still going to be a lot we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about a lot of the a lot of offense tonight. We're going to talk about some defense because the defense is not blameless by any stretch of the imagination. Nope. We're going to talk a lot about the offense, just kind of what we thought went wrong against Stanford, and then also how some of the stuff against Stanford was indicative events of bigger picture problems. Yes, that exists for this offensive football team and just why we felt that they had the issues that they had. Some of it was coaching. Some of it was an – like Marcus Freeman has used the word execution in his last two interviews uh, over about 40 times. Yeah. And there's some truth to that, right? I mean, it is an execution problem, but my my issue is the manner in which it's discussed. We'll talk a little bit about that. You guys, I know, talked a lot about that in your previous show. We're going to talk about it relative to the Stanford game. So we're going to try to keep it – About Stanford and then how that, you know, what that impacts and how that impacts other things. So that's what we're going to discuss today, Vince. And and I think the first thing, you know, that I want to talk about is just the reason we're going to talk about the offense is the defense did not play well. It didn't. The defense didn't play well, but the defense gave up 16 points. Right. And, and Yes, your offense scored to give you a lead, and the defense gave it right back. I get that, but did you really think that 14 points was going to be enough? And then you, you know, there just was so many different aspects of this that were disappointing. And you're talking about a team that had given up over 30 points a game last year, had given over 30 points a game in 2020, was giving up over 30 points a game this year, had lost 11 straight games to FBS opponents. You know, people talking about, well, you know, this don't have the roster. I'm like, look, dog, we're not talking about playing 2012 Stanford, right? We're not exactly. talking about playing. We're not talking about playing Clemson or BAM or House. We're talking about playing freaking Stanford, who has gone 11 straight games without beating an FBS opponent and a team that eight of those 11 losses were by double digits, Vince. And so you scored 14 points. That's not good enough. And for for all the people that want to say, well, it was Drew Pine, okay – Drew Pine did not play well Saturday, and we're going to talk through some of the stuff that he missed, but there was a sure. lot of things where you're asking him to do things that you shouldn't be asking him to do. And you've went away from the things that you should have been doing with him, and we'll discuss that
0: a little bit tonight. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform
1: But we're gonna start with the run game. And there's a few things with the run game that were were frustrating. If you watched the film, Vince, and I'm not sure if you did watch a lot of the offense or if you just watched the I focused on the defense primarily, okay. but I remember
2: I remember watching the offense on Saturday. It's I
1: was actually sure. more impressed with the play of the offensive line after the fact. Yeah. They were constantly running into outnumbered boxes. Right. There was one play in the second, early in the second half, where they ran a, a out of twelve personnel, basically ace formation, right? Just kind of like mm-hmm. you know two by two out of twelve, and they just they ran into literally a ten man box. And Chris yeah. Tyree ran for like seven yards because the offensive line just kind of pushed everybody forward, mm-hmm. you know. And it was just it was just they actually did a pretty good job. There just was constantly somebody that they couldn't block there, which is what happens when you don't run RPOs. Right. And when the way that you run the football kind of is a giveaway that you're not going to throw the football, right? And we'll, we'll get into some of that as well. But so I was actually more impressed with it. I thought Zeke Corral played a really good football game. I mean, everybody's going to have a missed snap here and there. I thought Zeke continues to ascend. You know, Joe Walt was pretty good in this game. Blake Fisher was a little up and down. Josh Lug was okay. He was some good snaps some not so great snaps. Jarrett Patterson was okay. I thought Zeke played pretty well. But as a whole, I thought they played well-ish. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and, but they were constantly running into num- outnumbered boxes. And a perfect example is they tried running counter. One of the plays I wanted to bring up, and you know what, I might actually be able to do, Vince, is just to kind of show it. Some of this stuff we can actually show because it's just clips of it. So I'm going to, I'm going to MacGyver this a little bit, Vince. So, yeah, I love it. We're going to, we're, we're going to do well, a little bit here, well, actually. While you're but, doing
2: that, we, we yeah. talked about this in the previous show uh, earlier today was that, you Can't you know somebody said, Well, you, you can't run behind this line and blah blah blah. That you're putting yeah. the line at a severe disadvantage, that's not on right. them.
1: Who, somebody it, said that in your guys' show. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, I don't know what you're all. watching at that point. I really don't That's exactly
2: know. right. You're like, well, you can't do anything with they're not moving guys. Well, when well, there's five versus 10. But they were though, that's, that's the exactly thing, is they right. were right.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up this play real quick. So this is the counterplay. Remember the counterplay they tried to run out of 13 personnel that they just kind of just completely got dominated right mm-hmm. I, do. I mean it, it was it was one of those things where it's kind of like um i don't know what you're supposed to do so let me pull this up so can people still hear us uh, i just want to make sure when this overlay is up that people can still hear us for example okay so vince this this is a, a counter play mm-hmm. look at this this is a 10 man box basically yeah right and they're trying to run counter now, the, the problem is that out of this play, Vince, is – let me just make sure I got this one. This is Yeah, this is the counter play. You don't have enough guys to block everybody. So you're trying to run counter in, in an opposite direction, and you don't have enough guys to account for. So the reason this – they're running counter, I believe this play went to the right, Vince, was supposed mm-hmm. to go to the right. But the problem is you didn't have – you don't have enough guys to block everybody. Right. You know, you've only got – eight blockers, see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight blockers, one running back, one one quarterback. And they've got 10 guys in the box. Correct. Right. Well, and you're trying to run a misdirection play from the 13 yard line against that look. And then people are like, well, line didn't block anybody. I believe the guy that came running through Vince was the, the safety to the top. So if you look the guy that's over the left guard and there was literally no one there to account for him, he ran Mm -hmm. backside. I mean, Two guys, and I'm sorry, three guys, let's see, two guys in this look, you just literally, no matter what happens, you can't block them. You can't block them, especially on a misdirection play, which is a naturally slower developing play, which is okay. The Slow developing is not, there's nothing wrong with slow developing plays. But against this look, it's just, it's just a bad look. I mean, you're you're not going to have, you're not going to have success against that look, Vince. Right, and those are things that we saw really a lot this game. You know, you talked scheme. about the Jets' scheme yes. and coaching, right? That's not yes. execution.
2: Yes, I just want right. to make sure I'm 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 clarifying for everybody because you said he used the word execution forty times in two right. press conferences. Well, this is an execution,
1: right? That's that's scheme right. and coaching, right? And you could say, look, here's the here's the thing. If I wanted to be a prick and just hammer a coach because I didn't like him. I could find something like that in every single game that every single team plays. I could, but this is something that happens a lot. And that's the problem that that you're finding is there's times they're going to line up in 13 personnel and there's just, there's just nobody there. There's nobody to block. There's nobody to account for all the different guys that are in the box. And, and you know when you're in those kind of situations, it's like, you know, what's the line supposed to do? This is the play that I'm going to bring up this particular play. And this is the play where, I mean, you just talk about blame you know, the offensive line. The, the reason this this is another play. I believe this is early second half. This is a play to Chris Tyree. I believe this is the call, Vince, where they gained about, about six or seven yards. And what happened is is that they just ran uh, it was basically right up the middle. It looked like a duo, maybe even a wedge. And the offensive line was able to collapse and just push everybody forward. And Chris Tyree just followed him and found a little bit of a crease. This is a nine-man box, All right. right? I mean – that's that's hard sledding. The reason the counter didn't work is because you're running misdirections, you're pulling guys and so you're not able to just kind of come off and fire off like you would like in a goal line situation where right. you know you come off and you fire off and then if they're going to make that play it's going to have to be someone coming off of the edge that you can't account for. It. Totally totally fine with that. I understand that. But when you're trying to run counter, you're opening up gaps. And then you've got to have your backside tackle kind of gap hinge on that play. Well, he can't gap hinge if you're running a counter in that look. There was right. other things about the game plan. They tried to run counter. Vince, I, I can't even describe this because I tried saying this to you at the beginning of the game or b- before the show started. They tried to run counter out of a formation where they had the the Michael Mayer, the tight end, to the call side. So normally when you run counter, you have two guys coming backside. And so you'll have one guy from backside come and kick out. We've drawn up counter on this show a hundred times. I mean, people know what counter is. And then they'll bring a backside guy. Now there's two different types of ways to do it. One, you can bring a running back around on counter. I mean, I've I've, I've in my coaching days we've called it all three ways. You have a guard. T- you the old school counter tray, which is the backside guard and tackle. You don't see that a ton anymore. Vince. Right. You don't see counter tray a ton anymore. Or you can bring the tight end from a an offset position and 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 have him be kind of the kick out and then the, and that's the guard. guard love to do that like they, or, I mean the they, guard kicks out the tight end wraps. that's right. normally how they do it Vince. they like that. You can also do it with like an offset back where you can have the sure. back sort of be the kick out and then the guard wraps or vice versa depending on how you want to do it. Counter and Power O are very similar schemes. It's just you're getting right. to a little bit different way. Power O is a little bit more of a quick hitter downhill kind of thing mm-hmm. where you'll like have a fullback or a tight end right there to just kick the edge out. Then you'll you G-wrap like you know, you from backside when they were in the, the I-formation. Right. Yeah, that way. Right. So there's different ways to do that. But what mm-hmm. Notre Dame did against Stanford was they tried to counter with the play side tight end. So instead of bringing a tight end from the backside where he can get some momentum and kind of go around, Instead, they try to bring him here. So then he faked a counter and then went back into the hole with no momentum. And I'm like, that is just trying to be smarter than everybody else, but it but not. And and my whole thing is the problem with all of that is Stanford is a slow defense. And when you went through an entire game and you ran, I'm sorry, two outside run plays, the other was the goal line play. And I and I wanted to bring that up as well, Vince, because I want to explain what Coach Freeman was talking about today and why that, about play. that one specifically he did well he said okay. that tommy told him that coach reese told him that, that 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 they didn't have the look that they needed and coach told him to run it anyway which i i i pray that that's just him trying to protect his coordinator
2: i i i pray for that so marcus freeman is saying that he told him to run the play even though
1: yeah. oh, wow, and he oh, and coach freeman said i should have called timeout because tommy told him they didn't have the look but here here's my whole point though I, I, what look were you expecting so, this yeah. is the look. This is the jet sweep look. Like you're at the five yard line. When you run this look out of this, I mean, you're in 13 personnel. You're going to have a 10 man box. Now, correct. You could say, it, now, like where this play would work, Vince, is if they were going to try to stretch this, right? Like stretch it, stretch it, stretch it, and let Jaden find a hole to Just then have a the vertical insertion to, right? You need two yards. But, right. But what they're doing here is they actually had the tight ends, the two tight ends backside. So, uh, uh, Eli Raritan and Michael Mayer were kicked out right to work outside, but the, from Joe all inside, they were all down blocking. Mm-hmm. So, so, so think about this. If Joe Walt and Jarrett Patterson are down blocking, think of the guys that are outside of them. Look at the numbers. There's four guys mm-hmm. outside of them. Now Correct. that's the thing that coach Reese was saying is, Hey, we don't have a look anymore. And, and if coach Freeman Which is accurate, it, <laughs> if I'm, if I'm giving, if I'm, if I'm going to assume that Marcus Freeman didn't just make up a story, Right, and give him the benefit of the doubt that he was telling the truth. That's a that's one of those inexperienced head coach situations, but and it's also an inexperienced head offensive coordinator situation because if that's a forty year old offensive coordinator, you know a guy that's been doing this a long time, he's going to say, "Coach, we need to call a timeout. We don't have the look." and, right. and then you're, you're you going to insist see, on it. You're going right. to debate with the uh, with the head coach until he does what you want him to do, and calls timeout. I mean, that's right. what an exper- experienced offensive coordinator is going to do. But you have two inexperienced guys, which is you know. Stuff like that's gonna happen, right? I I can live with that. Okay, I can yeah. live with that stuff.
2: And it, you know, they they were out leveraged. I mean, you it was four right. for two, right? Outnumbered and, and out leveraged, correct? Right. And and they were, you know, I will also say that Michael Mayer did not get a good block. He got blown up, and it it forced Thomas to go inside maybe earlier than he wanted to. I don't know, but he got blown back and ended up throwing the guy down. But it impeded the progress that Jaden Thomas had like if Jaden Thomas has that entire field to work all the way to the sideline maybe he finds a little bit of a crease because he stretches out the
1: defense but as a bad call to give to Jaden Thomas completely agree with you because to your point you're asking your slowest receiver and I'm not saying that to insult Jaden Thomas it's just there's a lot you can do with Jaden Thomas a lot you can do with Jaden Thomas but they're not doing those things with him nearly enough and that's not a play you know hey he's going to get to the sideline why are you asking him to get to the sideline you know i mean it's just not a run he should have done so there's just a lot of stuff like that where you're just like what what are you what are you guys doing like i just i can't even i can't even like sometimes i can say vince like hey look here's what they're trying to do i get what they're trying to do on the jet sweep. i do they had a bad look that one i understand i just think it was bad i just don't think it was smart i don't not in that look you know um, and even
2: if in a different look, I don't like the personnel running it, and I don't like the right. play call. Period, it's Tyler
1: Buckner, but... so the quarterback, and you wanted to run that with a a power read out look, you know, where if they run with the jet, then he pulls it and runs, which they did. Right? By the way, I mean
2: they totally ran with the jet. I mean, right?
1: But you can't run the power read out of that look. I mean, they were under right, center. There was a lot true. wrong with it. That's the other problem that people hate running under center. That's a look I would have done under center because you'd have had Jaden further back to get the jet, which means he could bow it a little bit more and have a better vertical cut point. And go around the Michael Mayer block. Correct. So there just was a lot wrong with it, but there's just a lot of plays like that, Vince. And and that was kind of my issue with the game plan was there was just way too much of that. You had no inside run at all. You had no creativity with your run game. And look, here's my thing. I am not someone, I've said this a lot of times, we're always going to be consistent here. I'm not someone who believes that you have to uh, you, you have to say, hey, we're going to run eight different run concepts or 12 different run con- con- concepts in a game. No, I mean, you can get away with running four or five run concepts in a game. The problem is they can't all be downhill in the A and B gaps. Right. And that's what we saw on Saturday. And so you can kind of defend all of them the same way and especially then you start putting in a bunch of 12 personnel and 13 personnel and you're running the same things. And then you're wondering why we're always outnumbered and why we're not getting the movement. I mean, again, you're getting movement, but why it doesn't look like you're getting movement. Because if I got two block, like why does a double team work? Two guys block one guy and get movement. What we were seeing on Saturday was two guys were trying to block three guys. Right. And the outnumbered guy usually doesn't get the movement. Right. There was a lot of that, and that's why in the fact that Notre Dame does almost no RPO, and when they do, it's like some mm-hmm. little kind of designed RPO to slide route. There's nothing to say, hey, if they want to bring 10 in the box against 11 personnel, then we're going to take a shot outfield or we're going to take a right. slant, or we're going to run a glance or we're going to do whatever the case may be. And so those are the things you look at and you say, but Vince, this is football 101 stuff, man. Correct. You know, And at no point in time on Saturday did Notre Dame do anything with its run game or pass game. To try to get the speed advantage that they do have. And again, you say all yeah. oh, is not that good. Can we all at least agree they have more speed than Stanford? And Marshall, uh, you know what I mean? Like I mean I mean just roster. just this game, oh, you're, you're just Stanford. Right. We're about this you know, game, just yes. this game, just Stanford. Cause I think Marshall has a more athletic defense than Stanford does. This is the least athletic defense they fade all <laughs> faced all season, and it's not really close, in my opinion. Yeah. And and you did nothing nothing and honestly Vince they just regurgitated last week's well game plan and Marcus Freeman game. Game.
2: he yeah. said that he's like we had the same game plan against uh North Carolina and BYU and it worked because we executed but it didn't work against uh you right. know Stanford well I would have been like okay back the train up why do you have the same game plan three
1: games in a row why are you even watching film then?
2: you know wh- well, what's the point
1: yeah, right and and like the counter to that, but like, well, look, every team runs the same stuff week after week after week. That's that's true, but that's not what we're talking about, right? What I'm saying is the same game plan, right? Like same formations, there, same yes. calls. Yes, there you people say, well, you know, Coach Freeman said today the game plan was fine. I'm like, no, it was not. And and I know what if, if he's being honest because one of two things is happening there one is he's protecting his offensive coordinator. My counter to that is. People say, "Well, you know, you can't throw your coordinator under the bus. Not ask them to. Never once asked him to throw anybody under the bus. Everybody here knows. I hate, I hate that. That's why I used to hammer Kelly about that all the time. Don't say, you know, Tommy called a bad game. We had, we had our our game plan going in was poor. We did a bad job. I'm not asking for that. I'm not asking for that because that could hurt you. Not just with, not just with how it make Reese look, but it makes you look bad because you're the head coach. How did you allow that to happen? Right." So you, you obviously don't, I'm not asking for that, but there's a difference between that and vociferously defending the offensive coordinator twice. Yes. He said he's doing an excellent job is what he said after the game. Yep, And then today, but then other times he'll say things like, we got to do a better job of putting guys in a position to make plays. And I'm like, amen. Amen. Preach coach, preach. But, and that's, and then that that's what followed kept, up with right. comes later. Yes. And I'm like, Don't tell me you're afraid to be critical of Tommy Reese because you were darn sure critical of Drew Pine during today's press conference. He was very critical of Drew Pine's play today. I'm like, so Drew can handle it, but Tommy can't? If that's true, that says a lot about the dynamic in the coaching staff, and that's incredibly problematic. That you're willing to be harder on your 20-year-old quarterback than you are your 30-year-old offensive coordinator, that's a problem. Yep. Does that's the problem. And no, the offensive the head coach does not create the game plan, the coordinators do. Right. So that's a big concern for me, Vince. But the game plan was not good. It was it was very archaic. It was slow. The scan stuff is, is. gotta go. Listen, let me say something. Every team in America looks to the sideline at times. But when you're doing here's here's why it's an issue now. There are certain instances where I would have been somewhat okay with it. If you have a very experienced team, a very experienced quarterback, and you want to go with a little bit of tempo. But if you're going to do it where it's every snap, you've got to be full. full. Teams that I see that look to the sideline a lot are teams that go fast. The problem with doing it the way Notre Dame does it, or it's every play, is you have no momentum and no rhythm. Mm -hmm. You get up to the line of scrimmage slowly. You look to the sideline. And one of two things is happening. One is you're either getting a call. Well, one of three things is happening. One is you confirm the call. Look sideline. Go with what's called. Bam, you run it. The other is check to something else. Or number three is, and Freeman said this last week, sometimes we'll get up to the line scrimmage and there's no, there's no call. Like there's no there's like they don't have a play called. And so when you have that kind of thing going on, then you know, look, they're they're gonna, you know, they're gonna kind of get into a situation where it's like okay now we've got to get the call get the play call now there's six seconds on the play clock now right. Drew Pine who's making his fourth career start has to quickly scan the defense and see what right. my read is on a play that I just got called with seven or eight seconds left in the play clock that right. is not putting your quarterback in position to be successful and then there's plays where he's having a full field read he's having a full field read and there's some calls we're gonna uh, actually let's uh, I'm gonna try to kind of It's not an ideal situation, everybody, because of StreamYard, and so we can't point things out. But I'm going to try to add some things that that I can. But none of the past stuff really makes a lot of sense to just show up because I'd have to try to talk through it. But, for example, there's a play where you've got like a go route. It's a two-by-two formation. You've got a go route and an out cut by Michael Mayer. Backside, you've got a deep drag. It's kind of deep over. So it's not an in. It's not a drag. It's like kind of an up and over. So it's like a climb route is what I call it. Okay, Vince, I don't know if you guys called it the same thing. It's kind of up, it's like at a 45, then up, and then kind of over behind the backers that way. we call that a climb route. We, we weren't and that so, complicated. We, <laughs> okay. we didn't have that okay. particular route in the tree. And then backside, right. you had a deep corner or deep yeah. stop route and then a swing. Right. And so pre-snap, you had three over two to Mayer's side, and then you had kind of right. three over two to this side, but you had the back coming out of the backfield on a, on a, check, or on a, on a free release swing. So it was really three to three. And Drew's got to go backside on that route, but it's also a play that's designed to full field read. So I'm going to read the side to mayor and then come back to that. And that's not asking a lot of a fourth game starting quarterback. It's also asking a lot of a fourth game starting quarterback when you had to look at a sideline and get that play called in with like eight seconds left. Right. You see what I'm saying? So you say, well, Drew missed it. Well, Drew Pine I- against North Carolina, there was not as much of that scan stuff and Drew looked great. Right. And what we said last week in this space was you got to be careful doing the scan stuff too much because you can lose right. rhythm. You can, and then also you can get, you can get too complex with it. Right. We can get the right call in every time. Sometimes, especially when the other team sucks and Stanford sucks. And I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to that. It just is what but it is. The numbers are what they are, folks. But when you're playing it, let me, that sucks is not a good term, right? That, that's, it, it, that's an inferior opponent production-wise, talent-wise, coaching-wise, in every capacity. And if it's not an inferior opponent from a coaching standpoint, then you'd need new coaches. But I don't believe that to be true. I don't think it's inferior. So then you look at events and you say, okay, you shouldn't have to every single snap outplay Because here's the counter. People say, well, Notre Dame doesn't have the talent, and so the margin for error is smaller. And my point is, if that's true, let's go with that premise for a second. If that's true, then you're doing the exact opposite thing of what you should be doing because the routes they're calling are routes that require wins. They're win routes, meaning you got to beat that guy. And if your players aren't that good, then stop calling so many win routes and do more bunch, do more reduce, do more high lows, get guys moving, do more motions, do more screens, do more free releases, Do things to steal yards. If you don't think your players are that good, then you better be the RPO running his team in the country. Yes, because that's where you got to steal yards. Yeah. So you're doing the exact opposite thing of what you should be doing if you are correct and the roster is not good. So the the argument, the counter that you're making to me makes zero sense from a football standpoint. Zero. If your talent's not good, why are you only throwing Lorenzo Styles the ball on go routes where he's got to win one-on-one? Now, where some of those throws off target, sure. Does Lorenzo need to fight for the ball a little bit better? Yeah, sure, he does. But if you're telling me your talent's not good, why are you running that call? Why are you running right. And why are you running it to him? Why aren't you running it to Deion Coles or Tobias Merriweather, who you can at least just say, hey, just, just throw it up to. Just They're bigger than that guy. Just throw it up. Give him a chance. Right. So then you look at some of the past stuff. And so then some of the misses by Drew start to make sense. Like, okay, I get that. I see why he missed that, you know? And then when a kid is not confident in what's happening in front of him, Vince, then what's going to happen is he's going to then what Vince, when you had a quarterback in your Mm -hmm. career, and I know you've had times where you've got a inexperienced quarterback and a really good skill player. When a kid is not sure of what's going to happen, what's his automatic go-to? He goes right, to the, sure the going guy going he trusts. To, I'm just going to age Yeah, something. 100%. And he is super patient with letting Mayer get open, but when it's another player, he's quick to go away from and go back to Mayer. That's something Correct. Drew's going to have to get back on, but who's coaching him up to do that?
2: Exactly. Wait, I, He's a may...
1: junior. Yes. He's a junior. A true so at junior. At some point in time, when, when – when, look, the last two – two of the last three quarterbacks that Notre Dame has had – well, actually three of the last four. What's the complaint been? It was the complaint with M Book – It was a complaint with Tyler Buckner. It's a complaint with Drew Pine. They're not going through their reads. They're locking in on one guy. They're late with the ball. The anticipation isn't there. Who was the one exception in the last five years? The one exception? Jack Cone. And now I see the Tommy supporters saying, well, Jack Cone Cone got developed by Paul Christ and his staff, not Tommy Reese. That's the difference. And so Jack could do all that stuff. And if your offense is such that you always need a fifth-year quarterback to run it, that's a you problem, not a player problem, correct? And so that's where I think Coach Freeman was correct when he said, We got to put our guys in a better position to make plays because, yes, there were misses by Drew Pine, and some of the misses I'm like, okay, that's not coaching, right? Like, I know Tommy Reese didn't coach him up to throw the ball 18 feet over Brayden Lindsay's head when yeah. he was wide open for a touchdown, <laughs> right. that's, that's not on him, right? right. That, that's not on Reese. But coach, kids are going to have those misses. I've seen good coach uh, play. I've seen Trevor Lawrence just sail a ball and just get mad at himself. It's going to happen. But when it's then compounded by all the other stuff, that's when your offense stalls. Correct. And so then you're you're doing stuff where you've got a lot of times you've got you got very slow developing routes. There's not. A, I mean, you're just you're asking guys to just constantly free release. That's and then that's been you the know, complaint though so, for years with this mm-hmm. offense. It was. Our guys are better than
2: yours, and these are what we're good. This is what we're going to do to prove that we're better, and that's all we know how to do. That's what we do. There's never the we're going to scheme to get guys open. We saw a little bit of that in in Drew's first two starts. We we did like Logan Diggs running that backside uh, route that he ran. Right there, there was Mm -hmm. there were little things that they were doing to make Drew successful and to make the guys around him successful. But now they're just—he's—it's like they fell back into the old pattern of right. we're we're just gonna hey our guys are better than yours and this is what we're gonna do we're gonna run it between the tackles all night long because our guys are better than yours it doesn't matter how many they got in the box. It's
1: but past them. coaches have shown creativity with doing that though, like and yeah. like a perfect example who's the guy that 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 Tommy Reese replaced it was Chip Long right? Correct. And you know we'd have some criticism with Chip Long at times, but hit hit he, he only ran four or five run plays a game too, but it was. Inside zone, counter, G scheme, buck sweep, and so like he, he, he put something else in there, right? Right. right? So you would mix it up. Yes. There's inside there's some downhill stuff. There's some pin yes. and pull stuff. There's some creativity. Yes. Then like the creative stuff. Like here's an example. If a team is playing you hard, remember this play against USC in 2018. First half, Notre Dame was struggling against USC. Because what was happening is whenever they'd run G scheme or buck sweep. So those are plays where you have a, a blocker blocks down and the guy. So like if I'm a guard and I got a guy on my right, my outside shoulder, and we're running buck sweep, the tackle's going to block the guy on my shoulder. And then I'm pinning I'm pulling. I'm coming out. I'm either kicking out or I'm wrapping around. So pin, pin a guy down and pull. pull that make sense. Yep. And so what you'll see in those instances is, is, is it's just a different look. It's creating, it's creating holes where the zone is, the holes are created by how the defense moves and the movement where these are, you're trying to create a running lane with these concepts. So what was happening against USC in 2018 was as soon as the guards would pull, USC would just fly downhill because they had felt they had a tendency where when Notre Dame would pull, they would, that's where they were going. Well, duh, you know, because that's what most teams do. So what Chip Long countered with is he Mm -hmm. ran the buck sweep look to the right with both guards pulling. But he ran Dexter Williams' backside right. on just a sweet backside. It was just sweet. Nobody that's all it was. out there. I, I feel like make he threw that up in the dirt. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel yeah. like, hey, this is what they're doing up front. They're watching our up front. Yeah, they're king the
1: guards. Just do right. that
2: and then go. Just go.
1: Right. Yeah. And so then they take him and they just ran. And it was a fifty-yard touchdown. Right. That. That's just like, hey, that's that's called scheming somebody up. That's called showing smartness. Right. Just coming out and saying, we're going to run duo and counter and mid-zone, right. the whole flipping game, nice. and just be better. Oh. No, that's not being better. That's calling you have a very – especially when you just did that the last game. Right. Right? So Stanford knew what was coming, and they were prepared for it. Stanford yeah. could also tell – you could tell the way – when you go back and watch film, you can tell that Stanford kind of had a pretty good idea when it was run or pass. Yes. Because you could see how the safeties were manipulated before the snap. Like, they feel, they feel pretty strong it's going to be run here. And more often than not, they were correct. You know, so I mean there was some stuff that got open, right? There were some plays that they were designed to get open. He got Tiber- Tobias Merriweather open twice, which is another problem is when you're going to talk about there's a thin margin for error, then the the margin you need to lean on is put your most talented dudes on the field. Right. And Tobias Merriweather showed on Saturday that he is the most talented receiver on the roster. Yes. He can flat run by people
2: and he So ran why did a it take you 6 out? to be honest right. with you. yeah, That was a good route.
1: Ray and Lindsey ran a similar route later, but, and here's why that works. So people that want to understand, let's actually, let's actually pull, well, we can't pull it up, unfortunately. Uh, but what happened was, is the safety, so they ran a three by one to that side. So it was 12 personnel. So it was a great call. it's one of the best calls of the year by Coach Reese. They ran a three by one. Actually, I can actually pull up the four. I, I can at least show, I can at least yeah. show the formation and show the, so we can kind of talk through it that way. So just let me let me just pull this up here real quick and so you all can get a look at what, what the play looked like. So again, I can't chalkboard it up today, but you can at least get a, a sense that's of my what favorite. it looks like.
2: It's my favorite part of the show. I know, I'm bummed about it. So this is what
1: the play is. So this is out of 12 personnel. So this is a really good call, right? So let's look at the numbers. You got five guys up front. You got three guys on the second level. That's eight in a box. And you have a safety that's clearly playing the run. And then you've got one-on-ones outside. So Notre Dame ran a little bit of a play action here, but so what you had at the bottom of the screen is Mitchell Evans. Mitchell Evans runs like a ten yard out cut to take away that defender, and then Michael Mayer ran a backside seam. It was kind of it wasn't really a backside seam; it looked like a backside seam, Vince. But basically, what you could see from Mayer was he was actually attacking the leverage of the safety, right? Because once yeah. he got leverage on him, then he ran, he flattened it out and ran across his face. Right. So basically what mayor was doing to is occupy could,
2: the safety. Well, it's occupy standard.
1: or crosses face to where now you're the target. So basically yeah. make that safety, make a decision. Is he running Correct. with you or is he going to drop deep? Right. So mayor does a great job of getting across. And then what, what Tobias does. So if you can see on this route, the safety's lined up inside of Tobias. Yep. So Vince, you've heard me say this before. What's my first release teaching point when I'm talking to a receiver? attack the leverage of the defender because the Correct. reason he's playing you there is because he's trying to protect something with his leverage okay yep. so he tobias does a great job Ooh. vince his worst his first step was kind of working inside then once he eats the leverage up then you see tobias square the guy up mm-hmm. and then gets on t- so he gets now then so he works inside gets vertical on a stem He's got now the leverage advantage is gone. So now this guy is like, okay, this guy took my leverage away. Now he can beat me outside or inside. And so then Tobias leans him outside. The guy opens his hips and he just smokes him to the post. And that's the yeah. same thing Braden Lindsay did on the play. He got, and Braden was even more open than Tobias he was, was. So open. But that's, Braden did the same thing. It was a really well run route. And Tobias, but the thing with Tobias is, is he's so long that he got over the top of the guy. And once he gets right. over the top of the guy, if you just throw it over the, over to the top, he's no chance. Yeah. The first time drew had, So the first time Tobias ran, got open, it was a trips formation and he ran a wide fade. They ran double in cuts, double quick ends outside. And then Tobias ran a wide fade. And then, and then it was open and just drew just put, you know, you and I talked about in the press, but he just put too much mustard on it. And it didn't right. give Tobias a chance to run underneath it. He needed to float second it a second time. More. He did a much better job of that. He threw it over the top. It got up and over the defense and he allowed Tobias to run underneath it. He outran right. him, made a it was a great ball. Great ball by Drew. But but my point is Vince is if you to hit this in the first quarter and it was there in the first quarter, that opens up so much other stuff for you running the football later. This was the first play of the fourth quarter and I just love the fact that Tobias's first catch the, it was a fourth quarter throw that put the team up. They were trailing in the fourth quarter. So, you know, hey, I guess you can trust him now, right? Since he came through in the fourth freaking quarter of a game you Good were Lord. losing. You know, but he steps up. But my point is you do stuff like this early. So that way it opens up those other opportunities. This was one of the best calls that Coach Reese made. He, it was great formationally. It was great from the setup. It was great where we we, you know, the the route concepts we're gonna stress Stanford. It's a high low concept, right? It's done from a little bit of a of a horizontal alignment, stretch alignment, but it's really a a, 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 it's it's a vertical concept because Mm -hmm. you have the out and then the deep, you know, the deep end and then the post coming out over top of it. So great call here, great execution. And it was a play where where Drew's got one read, the safety. If he goes back, throw it to Mayer. If he comes up, throw it over the top. Drew had confidence in it. He let it rip. It was accurate. It was on point. This wasn't a full field read. And guess what? Drew had confidence. Keep it simple. In a clutch moment. moment. And when they did things like this, it was a little bit easier for him. And, you know, there were some other times he missed that I can't necessarily hammer him for it. But, you know, the, the OC for it. Other than, hey, you're the offensive coordinator, so, you know, do your job, Right. So anyway, Vince, this was one of the calls that I really liked in the game. But my sure. point is, is here's what bothers me about it. It's a great call, coach. Great design. Great personnel usage. All of it. Here's the problem. Why did you wait till the second half to do that? And that's why didn't the you come like back to it though. Either, either like, like, one. Right, right. Well, because once they got the fourteen thirteen lead, well then they downed, but. Well, yeah, or it was like 16-14, and they still kept trying to just like run the football, but that's a yeah, different conversation cute. for a different day. Okay. The point being is you had those looks in the first half. Why was that not part of your game plan early? You went to that because nothing else is working. That's That's basically why you went to that play. Nothing right. else was really working. My thing is that should have been a part of your early game plan. And, and you know, I, I've shared this story with people in the chat before. It's what, the story that Lou Samoji has told me about, you know, Rocket Ismail's first game. And, and I'm, I'm not comparing Rocket Ismail to to, to, to Tobias Merriweather. They're different players. And Rocket was just – but it's – they have a similar impact and that they are legit vertical players that can stretch the field. Correct. The, the point here is the reason that this was a frustrating thing is because what Lou – the story Lou had told is is Lou uh, had Tony Rice and Rocket together, and he said, you're just going to go. And he said to Tony Rice, just throw it to Rocket. He said, just drop back and throw it as far as you can because, you know, that's about the only way you could hit Rocket on a go-route is if you threw it as far as you could. And he's like, I don't care. And, Lou, and Lou's comment was, I don't care if it's incomplete. I don't care anything. He goes, because I want Michigan to know that they're going to have to pr- cover that though, all night and be prepared to cover that all night. And, and that's a, I mean, it's a, again, it's a, it's a cheesy story, but that's part of what game planning is. is like, look, Correct. I know what the, I, part of being a good game planner is saying, it's not just about coming up with some plays that can work. It's about knowing what your opponent is going to do. And if I'm a coach and I know that this is what we are good at, and this is how teams are going to play us. And I know what our def our, our offense is trying to do early. So I'm going to be prepared to counter that or give you something to chew on before you have a chance to figure out the other stuff. That should have been a play they called on the first or second series of the game. Yep, First or second series of the game where you go 12th personnel, because what is is twelve personnel for Vince, Vince for Notre Dame? Very heavy run alignment. Absolutely. What do they do when Tobias Merriweather has been in the game so far this year? Run the ball. Mm -hmm. every cue that you have would have told the other team this is a run and then you bang it over top of their head what are they going to have to do the rest of the game they're going to be in trouble because now it's like okay and we've talked about this in 2017 how did chip long get usc to back off their off their defense in 2017 on the first three series of the game he ran a reverse a post for a touchdown, and a back shoulder, deep out shoulder backside shoulder to Kevin Severson for a touchdown. Once they hit him over the top and hit him with the reverse, it's like, we got nothing. <laughs> nothing we can do. Right. We can't stop their run without putting numbers in the box. When we put numbers in the box, they throw it over our freaking head, right? Or run a reverse. What, what are we supposed right. to do? And then what right. did USC do for the rest of the game? They quit.
2: They quit.
1: They quit. Because you can see it in their eyes and in their heads. Like, they there's like, we, we, got, we can do nothing to stop right. this team. And then they just what punch them in the happen, mouth of the run game. Right. What would happen if this Notre Dame team came out on their first series and Drew Pine throws a post route for a sixty yard, seventy yard t- post route for a touchdown? Stanford, even if it's not a touchdown, what if he just throws a fifty yard bomb? Caught Tobias catches it, and the guy tackles him. Right, right. It's like okay, well now shoot, this isn't good. Right, you know. And then the next series, you come out and you throw that wide fade to him and, and you hit that for third. Even if you miss it, though, here's the thing: even the miss, this is what the miss says to Stanford. You better, you better be. We're going, go, we're going to go back to that. And I promise you he's not missing next time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that is that the risk you want to run? We can't cover this kid, but we're okay. We're just gonna hope the quarterback can never complete the pass. Quarterback who's completed over 70% of his passes the last two games. Because don't you love it how all these people are telling us that Drew Pine was a savior the last two weeks and now he stinks? It's like, yeah, how 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 about he was neither? How about right. he's a young kid still learning the game? And and, he's gonna have some ups and downs. Yeah, and he like
2: okay, did I expect the the highs to be as high as they were and the low to be as low as it was? I'll say no. I expected him to be somewhere in between what we saw the first two weeks and what we saw on Saturday. Somewhere in between lies the true Drew Pine, in my opinion. Can you win with that? Absolutely, you can win with that. Right. No question. But that's who Drew Pine is, and that's okay. You can't be mad at Drew Pine for being Drew Pine. And I'm stealing the words from Sean Styers, right? Drew Pine is who he is, right? He's not Trevor Lawrence. You know, you can't expect him to be who he's not, right? Don't be mad at Drew Pine for not for being Drew Pine. Did he make some mistakes? Hundred percent, no doubt about it. And we've we've chronicled the mistakes that he made. He's going to make mistakes, though. He's not going to be the 75% mistakes completion guy that he was the first two weeks.
1: That's not logical. It's well, just, I mean, not every week, but I mean, I see right. where I where you and I disagree is. I do think Drew can be that kind of guy. Okay. Consistently, when you give him a chance against the game against a game plan where he's what was he doing, getting the ball out quick, running with a you know some tempo against Carolina, right? Getting the ball uh, out quick, mixing up your looks. That I designing agree plays to get the ball to different people, you're calling plays to get the balls the, the running backs the ball. Remember that? Remember his first two starts sure when knew. they were calling all these plays to get the running backs the football. where's that go? And where's I was that praising pick?
2: Tommy Reese for
1: the for the right. game plan and. And Drew for executing. You got athletic game. running backs, and they got slow linebackers, and we're not doing anything to get the running backs involved in the game plan, like down the field throwing the football. It's just stuff like that, Vince. We're like, no, no, that the game plan was not faulty. It is regurgitated last week's game plan. Well, right. Uh, you know, well, specifically guess what? The run game. their coaches watch yeah. film too, y'all. Right. That specifically well, the, well, the run game was the pass game was pretty similar too, Vince. I mean, it, the no, whole thing but i pretty similar. But I don't even care about that. If they run the
2: proper run game plan. Hit some outside stuff, you know, bang them like that, and I think that opens up everything else. And you can continue right. to run the ball that's and you can it. do what you wanted to that's do. It. That's my that's issue. It.
1: You can
2: you can be a run first team. I have no problem with that. Because what is that, what is that?
1: What does that pass call to bias do? You used your run game and mayor to bait yes. him into that.
2: Yes, exactly. And that's my thing, right? You can be a run first team, but if Stanford has a strength. On defense, if they even have one, where is it? It's right and up so the. They're middle.
1: okay in the box. They're okay in right. the box.
2: Right. Yeah. So if they like, their their strength. And I'm not saying it's a big strength, but their strength is up the middle. What
1: are you doing? Because Why what just... what Ryan and I said last week, Vince, is because they like to get their safeties. Their safeties are good in the run. Yes. And the game plan Notre Dame had was mm-hmm. to get their safeties in the run. Look what happened the one time they asked the safety to to cover a slot down the field. What happened? You got beat by a true. Freshman. Got smoked. Got smoked. <laughs> By a kid who you couldn't trust the first five games of the year, right? right. I, I say that sarcastically. Yes, you do. So those are my problems. It's we're back to the same old, same old stuff of when it doesn't work, we're gonna be critical of the coordinator, the coat the quarterback, but then not the coordinator. And you know, it, it it's just look, Drew Pine is a better quarterback than some people give him credit for, and not as good of a quarterback as some other people, but he's a solid quarterback. Yes. And if, if you give some play, put some players around him, you could beat a lot of teams at Drew Pine. You just beat North Carolina and BYU at Drew Pine. So don't tell me that when you lose to freaking Stanford, that the talent's not good enough. Right. Exactly. Bullcrap. Right. That's the same bull crap excuse mace, making we had with Brian Kelly throughout his entire career when people would justify why he was three and sixteen against teams in the top 10. Well, I don't have the players. Whose job is it to get the players? But again. We're not even talking about a record against top 10 teams, Vince. We're talking about Stanford, who was 1-11 coming into that game. 1-11 and coming into that game. 0-11 against FBS teams. Correct. 0-11 against FBS teams. And I'm supposed to believe that Drew Pine doesn't have the talent to beat them. When he went on the road and hung up 45 on North Carolina, he hung up 28 on BYU. And I'm supposed to believe that Drew Pine doesn't have the talent to put up more than 14 on Stanford? Or maybe you didn't put him in a position to be successful. You turned him into a drop-back quarterback. Gone was the pocket movement. Gone was the, the – the, as there was some play action. But gone was the quick stuff. Gone was the stuff where to the backs yeah. – because what was the stuff to the backs? It was one read. It was this to this. You know what was the play? What was the stuff to mayor? It was this to this on against Carolina. It was it was a two man seam route on the touchdown of Lorenzo Styles. Read it inside out, baby. Take where take where right. goes. Now you're now he had he had two good games. So now let's put these full field reads in the game. We're asking him to scan, place side to backside. Let's go with a scan offense every single play, which gives him no chance of getting rhythm. Gives the because de- here's the thing, folks. You know what the defense does when the offense is looking to the sidelines? They're looking to the sidelines. They're
2: looking to the sidelines. Their yes. call.
1: And then they're – I mean, no decent defense is just going to stand where they told them to stand. You know, they're going to do some kind of moves, and then Drew's get that gets that call, and then, okay, like if you're going to scan every play, your team better be freaking hustling the line of scrimmage, getting – getting as soon as the ball's set, you're lined up and ready to go. And you know yes. what you have to do in those instances? Every now and then, you actually got to snap gotta it go. and go. You got to go. Right? Correct. Right? And, and hey, it, 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 like I've seen good offensive coordinators go tempo and literally run – I saw Chip Long do this at Minnesota at Memphis one time. They went tempo, and they literally ran g scheme left or right for like eight straight plays right down the field. They just lined up and ran it because it's just like, you need to know that we will do this to you. But if you're getting up the line of scrimmage, they know you're not going to snap it because they're going to wait. And guess what? The defense is going to let you – then the coordinator is going to say, let's see what Notre Dame lines up in, and then we'll make our call. Yeah. Like, they think the defense is back there. So, oh, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? I don't know. I don't know. We've got our call. But we're just going to sit here and wait for them to make their call and not do anything the whole time. Okay. All right. Now they've got their call. No, they're going to be freaking looking at what you're lined up in. Exactly. Right? And so then it just – the whole thing is just silly. And then you're going to say it's Drew Pine's fault, right? I just – I'm so – and look. I'm a, i was a Tyler Buckner guy. I thought Tyler Buckner should have been starting quarterback. I'm not someone who advocated for Drew Pine being started, but what we did say is you can beat a lot of teams if you use Drew Pine correctly. Absolutely, no. They used him correctly against North Carolina. They didn't use him as correctly against BYU. At least, you know, at, at times. But at times they did. They let him get some quick reads out. And but then they come to this game and it's like let's show everyone how smart we are again. And it just some of the stuff they did is just it was just made no sense. Some of the right. stuff was just events that just made no sense. And so that was the frustrating thing for me in this game is I just look at this stuff and I'm like, yeah, he had some misses. He forced some balls. There was a corner out to Mitchell Evans that was open and he just locked in on Michael Mayer. Well, we told you that was a problem last week. And this yes, is what like somebody on Twitter was like, well, if they had a won, you'd be saying the same stuff. You wouldn't be saying this. And I said, yeah, I would. Because yeah, we, we would. said this last week against BYU. Go back and watch any yeah, of the shows. Yeah, it worked last week, but, but yes, you and can't keep doing this. See, we talked about that in the previous
2: show too. We have talked many, many times about how easy it is, and I I use the word easy relatively, how easy it is to coach up a team after a win, right? To me, when you beat BYU, you threw it to Michael, you forced a lot of stuff into Michael Mayer, you were successful doing that. That's great. And here's what you say as a coach. Okay, here's this one where you got it to Michael Mayer, you forced it in. But look at where these other guys are and look at this guy that's open or look at this guy that's open and how we could have gone to that. Hey, great job getting it to mayor. That's fine. But look where else we could have gone. You have to coach them up Mm -hmm. in that regard. It felt like to me, and this is me talking, it felt like to me it was more like a butt slap. Hey, great job. Let's go to next week. Like it wasn't coached, you know, hey, you did a great job getting it to mayor. Let's do it again. Like, right. It wasn't that's how up, that's like what it looked other like. Options,
1: me. yes, that's what it that's looked what, like to me. Me too. And everybody's like, Well, you know, you can't justify missing that many throws. Yeah, you can. Any football coach, any former football coach, current football coach, former player, current player will tell you if I'm not sure what I'm doing, I'm not going to play with the same confidence and release. And you could Absolutely. see that Drew was uncomfortable yes. with where to go with the football he because they were asking to do more game. this week. Yeah, there was full field scans and all this different kind of stuff. And, and that's the reality of it. And, and the fact is, is like you put him in a bad position. Now, Correct. were some of those throws just bad misses by Drew? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. those are then compounded by all the other stuff you're doing that's not giving your offense a chance to, to make those plays. Right. That's the problem. Right. And so we're back at it again. The coaching is the problem. Let's throw the quarterback under the bus. Right? A kid, like, like a week ago, Drew was this great player that was completing 70% of his passes right. and everybody's praising him. One week later, people like Benson for Steve Angeli. Right. Like, okay. So we can do what then have the same problem with Steve Angeli after a couple games of people getting film on him, he's back to not being good. And then now it's like, let's run. The third, the third. You know, I mean, where, where does this end? Where does this end? Before we finally say the quarterbacks are not the problem. Right. So that's Agreed. my frustration, Vince, is because your job is to figure out how you can use your scheme and your your talents to get the most out of your players. And what we're seeing right now is the same old story correct. because the guy that there's there's now learned from the guy that that brought it here is this is about me showing everybody how smart I am, correct. And and that's what it doesn't get executed. It ain't my fault because right. look how I designed it up. This is because right. be, look how I it. Look how I designed it up. Look how I designed it up. It was open. Right. Yeah, but right. your kid didn't know how to read it. So I don't care if it's open if he doesn't know how to read it. If you're giving him five seconds to then get the call, then look at the freaking defense, and then you're gonna be shocked that a kid that's in his fourth career start doesn't know what to do. Right. Yep. Yep. Right. And 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 Tenday says this. I, I love this comment by Tenday. I'm sorry says, why wouldn't they know the Stanford game plan to stop 87? We hit six different receivers at BYU.
2: <laughs> because BYU didn't have a plan to stop us. so they figured everybody right. was going to be like that. When sometimes Drew just made <laughs> some
1: great balls, and it didn't matter. Well, oh, this game, sure. he was off a little bit. He wasn't right. on in this game. Right. And so it just compounded it. And so those are the things that really frustrate me, is I'm just tired of people, including Coach Freeman. I was very disappointed in Coach Freeman today. And everybody here knows I'm a big supporter of Marcus Freeman. Big supporter of him me as too. a football coach, still am. And my hope is that he's just saying this to protect his coach. But which, which the, I would understand, the, I get it. But the the fact is, is we're now six games in, and right. we've heard him do this before. And we would say, I think he's just defending his his coach. But then they'd go out the next week and do the same exact thing. Right, and that's a problem. So that tells me maybe he actually believes it. And then he comes out today, and he's very critical of Drew Pine. Go back and read the transcript. He was very critical of Drew Pine, but yet with Coach Reese, it's no, 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 no. We got to be, we got to treat him with kid gloves, right? Like we, we, you know, he's doing a great job. We love him. You know, you don't want him to get upset, right? I mean, what what are we doing here? Right? right. What are you doing here? Because then what's going to happen is you're going to put Steve Angeli in the game, and then he's going to struggle and fail, and then his confidence is going to get shot, and now he's true freshman. Step
2: back. He's going to be done,
1: right? I can't. Right,
2: can't have that. Right, cannot have that. So,
1: this is what they need to own it. You know what? We put Drew in a bad spot. We asked too much. Right. About. Why is that we'd, so much? We didn't. You you. If you can't trust your talent to beat Stanford, then go find something else to do, because you recruited these kids here. Right. Who's been the off? Who's who's been who's been who's the longest tenured member of this coaching staff? Notre Dame. Tom Reese. Tom Reese right 77 players he's been the oc for 3 years now who recruited all these kids right who recruited Dion colsey who recruited chris Tyree? who recruited well, and, he, he and, you know, and if you're if you're issues with chris the quarterback
2: era. room if you're issues
1: with right. the quarterback room, he's them. the quarterback coach right
2: and right. you know we we talked about that too so good programs right if you want to talk the about one the one ohio thought state McNamara was better than kj jefferson not me Right. It's, not me and good programs stack quarterback recruits Okay, these guys want to come in. They want to compete. They don't win the job. They transfer fine. But you got a guy right behind them who's just as good, ready to go. That has not been the case in the quarterback room at Notre Dame. It just hasn't been. And so, if you want to complain about the quarterback room, you got to look at the quarterbacks coach and the offensive coordinator, who are the same person. That's a problem. Right now, you've got you got Drew Pine, you got Tyler Buckner, you got Steve Angeli. If you don't like those three guys, you got nobody in the twenty three class right now. Who's to blame for that? And and if your if your solution is to have a kid who's supposed to be a junior in high school reclassified to come play college football, that's not the re- that's not the solution either. I'm sorry, right? That's not the solution.
1: So because then we're going to be having the same arguments when he's here early. Right. Man, this kid just doesn't process quickly. Yeah. Enough, you know what I mean. This kid's this because this he's kid's seventeen. That. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, right. You know? we'll throw him under the bus the same way we we did this kid. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's look. It, it, who who who's to blame for the fact that you thought that that. I mean, we could go through a long list of quarterbacks. Hendon Hooker liked Notre Dame. He had an offer. He liked Notre Dame. They didn't like him. <laughs> right? Well, you know, I mean, they, they can't they can't recruit those guys. Hendon Hooker could have gotten into Notre Dame. You chose not to recruit him. Right. I mean, do we need to go down the long list of college quarterbacks that you didn't think were good enough to recruit who are now ballers? You know, you chose you chose Tyler Buckner over JJ McCarthy. I actually support that decision. Right. You couldn't have known that he was going to miss his sophomore year and senior year and all that. That that's an unknown. But like my point is, these are this is your choice. Correct. This is your choice. You're the reason you don't have the quarterbacks that you want. You made the choices of who you went after. You're the one that chose Drew Pine when he was a sophomore to come to Notre Dame. Right? And now you're gonna tell me he's not see, like, it's not like Drew Pine was a backup option because they missed on their top guy. Correct. They got him as a sophomore. And, and my frustration is, is after two pretty darn good games in a row, you're now ready to throw him under the bus, fans more so, but not, and Coach Freeman didn't throw him under the bus, but he was, uh, was I thought, I was puzzled why he was as harsh on his criticism with Drew. And, and everything he said about Drew today was fair. It was fair. I have no problem with it in itself. It's, but when you're going to say that about him, but then go say the game plan and the play calling were fine. But right. you just got to execute better. Who are you talking about, coach? Who are you exactly. talking about? I'm Drew. So you're not willing to throw your 30-year-old millionaire coordinator under the bus, but you're going to throw your, you know, proverbially throw your 20-year-old quarterback who's going to school for free under the bus and not not getting paid to play football. All right? That just bothered me. And and he didn't throw him under the bus per se. It's just that's what people say, why you can't say anything critical of time or reason why you can't throw your you – know. You were critical of Drew Pine, and I thought fair in your criticism because he wasn't harsh with it. Like I keep saying, harsh criticism—the harshness came from the he, he was critical. Like there was like, "Hey man, you got to do better than this." It wasn't harsh in like a a tone of unfairness. It wasn't like saying, "Well, you know, he's got to snap the ball better in a hurricane." I'm not talking about that. What he said about Drew was correct. And if Drew's not mentally tough enough to handle that kind of criticism, then he can't be the quarterback in Notre name. Right. And I, think I have he, full confidence. Yeah. That, and I have full confidence Drew Pi is going to handle that well. Right. My too. problem is why can't your offensive coordinator hear the same criticism? Right. You you called your quarterback out from for mistakes he made. Why aren't you calling your 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 head your offensive coordinator out? You know what? You know, but the play we drew up to Tobias was a great play. You know what? We're gonna have to start doing more of that stuff early in games. To try to back teams off of our run game. That's not a that's not throwing them under the bus. That's sending a message though. Okay, this is why that kid needed to play. This is what we got to do earlier. And those are the things that we're just not hearing and we need to hear, to be honest with you. And that's what was frustrating. Now, I hope and pray that at the end of the day, this is kind of what we joked about on Saturday night. This is just, you know, buttering him up, telling him he's gonna be a made man, come meet us at this house and As soon as you walk in, it's, you know, (laughs) proverbially from a coaching standpoint,
2: from a coaching standpoint, you know,
1: but, but meaning like he, they are having that come to Jesus moment in his office. Correct. I hope that's actually happening. Yes. And, and, and so publicly, I'm going to defend you to the hilt because here's what you could do as a coach I'm going to defend you because, because here's, he could be saying, you know, look, people are coming after Tommy. They've been coming after Tommy for a while. I'm going to, I'm going to defend him publicly. Right. But behind the scenes, hey, man, what you're doing right now, it's not okay. How you're going about your business and practice, it's not okay. I've done a lot of reaching out to different sources of last couple of weeks, Vince, and what we used to be critical of under Brian Kelly, I'm heard, is worse now. And that is they literally will not practice against a look that doesn't work for that play call. And then you wonder why, when teams do things differently, that their pass game struggles.
2: This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious
0: cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or
2: a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with pepsi wild cherry also available in zero sugar so grab a pepsi wild cherry and get wild join us today during the jeep celebration event right now get 20 below msrp for an average of 15,178 under msrp on the purchase of a 2023 jeep grand cherokee overland 4xe or summit 4xe not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers 15,178 average based on 20 percent below average msrp from all 2023 grand cherokee overland 4xe and summit 4xe models and dealer stock residency restrictions apply take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1 jeep is a registered trademark so so what so what you're saying is the defenses that are set up by the offensive coordinator, the people right. setting up the game—not the game plan, but in practice. So here's yeah. how it works in practice, right? The offensive coordinator puts a script together what they want to go over in practice. They will give the defensive staff these are. This is how I want you to line no, no, up. No, 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 no. That's no, no, talking no. about?
1: It's their own in college. It's their own GAs. So, like when I was coaching as an offensive GA, I okay. had to draw up the cards okay. for the defense. So it's the it's the GA. The they they're giving coaches.
2: it to the defense this is oh, how we i want thought you to meant defensive
1: up. staff yes no no no. they're yes. giving the card was, yeah. to the defense to the scout saying, team defense yes this you. is how we want
2: you it. to yeah. line up and they're lining up in ways that the offense will be successful you can't do that you
1: you right. you will you You're not, do it early in the week to gain rhythm fine. because this yes. is the look no, we think we're fine. have, but as the week goes on you start mixing up the looks and a little you, bit and i, I mean I, i've shared and, the story when I was, was going to say we're just going to pull that th- up. Yep. Coach Fincham was like, I just want you to throw, we're going to play bash. He's like, I just want you to just throw whatever you can think of at us. Right. And it got so bad that at one point in time, he had to say, um, you know, he had to say, uh, he had to come out and say, um, uh, back off. Yeah. You know, hey, look, man, just chill out a little bit. Right. <laughs> and after a while, it's like, you know, this is what you got to do, man. This is what you got to do. And so. I mean, that's where we're at, Vince, is like, you got to be able to do that. You've got to be able to do that. You've got to be able to build on that. So the point is, coaches got to be able to sit down behind the scenes and say, hey, look, this is what we need to do. This is how we need to build. This is what we're going to do. This is who's going to play. I need more 15. I need more 16. Why? Because we don't have outside receivers that are getting a lot of separation vertically right now.
0: Right. So what
1: are we going to do? And we're going to put our big guys in there and go about it that way and that's going to be the problem. You know what I mean? Yep. So yeah. Yep. So that's where I'm at.
2: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And and that that's why everybody, we wanted to kind of look at this more big picture today than specific drawing up plays and things of that nature. And granted, the technology didn't agree with us today. And anyway, mm-hmm. well, we wanted to, we wanted to kind of everyone to understand kind of where we're coming from with the game plan talk right the the Mm -hmm. play design talk and all of that you you can't just throw those terms out into the wind without explaining what we're talking about so we wanted to make this was a perfect Mm -hmm. scenario this is a perfect platform to talk about what specifically we are seeing and how it's not changing and that's a massive problem from a big picture standpoint not just a stanford game standpoint but from a big picture standpoint.
1: Hmm. So Vince, let's get to some super chats here at the end. Yes. And then we're going to wrap this sucker up. Sounds good. So uh, as we've said before, we really only respond to super chats on this. This is not a mailbag type of show, but when you are willing to give us super chats, we will obviously respond to those. You betcha. Uh, Mark Crowen says, why would Reese's game plan towards Stanford's strength and not change at half? Reese can't be clever for fourth quarter. If you see their weakness, why not change? Uh, you know. Well, they did change a little bit to half. That's one of the things I thought they did do, uh, and we were going to talk about this during the show, Mark, but I, I, when we saw your Super Chat, I decided to hold on to it. They actually did a couple things at the halftime that were better. Like, for example, the play to Tobias Merriweather, we didn't see that in the first half, so that makes True. me think at halftime, they said, hey, this is a look we think we can get to, because right. that, that was only their third drive of the second half. So they didn't have the ball a ton in the second half, because the defense wasn't making stops, and we didn't spend right. a lot of time on the defense today, but – it just you know that's another More issues on the defense. Day. Don't get right. us wrong, but you can't. Yeah. You've got def- to score more than sixteen points. Right, right. And, and so, when you look at it and you say, okay, they started doing more motion with the slots. It was really. It wasn't again. It wasn't a ton of adjustments, but they started doing more motion with the slots which kind of got Stanford moving, which kind of opened up some of the run stuff as opposed to just the early – the first half was just like why motions and why zips and stuff like that, which doesn't really influence the defense a ton. No. They started moving those guys a little bit more, which kind of influenced Stanford to kind of roll safeties or run guys across a little bit more. Uh, they had a they, – they they did a couple little minor tweaks of the run game, which is, again, why they went on two scoring drives on two of their first you know three possessions of the half. So I do think they did some stuff at halftime. I don't think they waited for the fourth quarter because I mean their their touchdown in the fourth quarter came on the first play of the fourth quarter. So it was a drive mm-hmm. that started in the third quarter. I actually think they weren't clever in the fourth quarter. I think after that they just kind of run, 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 and run. They were run. losing
2: because and, they you
1: know Stanford well, hey, went down and scored right after right. that. Can't say what's well, his. It's not his fault. Uh, uh, you know, Audrey has any fumble. I'm like, well, kind of. Number one, coaches are responsible for teaching players. Number one, and number two, uh, you look at it and say. You're in a situation where you're one of the issues with that we have with the offense is it's just there's no aggressiveness to it, right, Vince? And against North Carolina, you were able to rip off some bigger plays, not a ton, but you rip off some bigger plays because there was some creativity here in this game. You just kind of went, you just kind of went about it. And, And what have we what have we always said about the defense when they're playing good offenses? Limit the big play and make them go on long drives. Why? Right. Why do we say that, Vince? Why do we say? Tires yeah, them out.
2: Answer. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, t- but also, it, it, the
1: more plays you run, the more chances right. you're going to make a mistake. Absolutely. 100%. So don't let them have the 60-yard touchdown. Make them make go because then the quarterback's going to miss. You're going to get a sack. They're going right. to fumble. You're going to get a tip ball. And or I'll tell you what. Stanford put the
2: ball on the ground a lot on Saturday. More so than I remembered when I watched it the first time. They put the ball on the ground a lot. Notre Dame just didn't recover it. You know they did a good job of forcing the ball out. I will say that they just didn't. They none of them really went Notre Dame's way, unfortunately.
1: Yep. Okay. Next super chat we have from Tyler Evans. I believe Tyler is one of the people I met at the game this weekend. He goes, "I'm trying. I'm. I'm. See here. I'm tired of Drew Pine forcing the ball to Michael Mayer when he was doubled, but was awesome to meet you, Brian, at the game. Oh yes, he was. There he said it right there. I need to start reading these things before I read them out loud." It was great meeting you, Tyler. It was. He said, I'm Tyler Evans. I was like, hey, you've given up super chats before. Uh, But uh, I get it too. But I also feel like the game plans are built around Michael Mayer being the primary read in a lot of instances. So, yeah, a young quarterback's going to focus on the primary read, who's also the best tight end in college football a little bit more. I did think his blocking was better in this game. He had a couple misses and then the one hole, but I thought overall he gave a lot better effort in the run game. It's a rough in this hold, particular though. game. I mean, too, I,
2: that was yeah, his hand was got unnecessary. outside the frame, which is why they called it a hold. Yeah, but it just wasn't a hold, man. That's yeah. tough.
1: but you just got to know when your hand gets there. Right. You just got to, right? No, hundred percent. It sucks, but it should have been a hold, in my opinion. But and it didn't influence the play. That's the other thing is a lot of right. referees will say, "Look, I'm not calling calling hold if it doesn't influence the play." Right. And it didn't influence the play. Not this. Career. He was that guy. Wasn't getting off to Chris Tyree. Right. Dave Miller super chat. Why can't Notre Dame recruit a high caliber quarterback? Sorry, Buckner and Pine nowhere close. Where is the gap in recruiting? Says who Tyler Buckner was a top consensus top 100 quarterback. Drew Pine was a, a top 100 quarterback by rivals. He was a top 200 quarterback by, you know, on the consensus list. Gunnar Keel was a top player. Deshaun Kaiser, Bama wanted Deshaun Kaiser. He was a four star kid. Malik Zaire was a highly ranked quarterback. Phil Dracovic was a top 100 quarterback. You know, like. Why are we always assuming these kids can't play? Why, why do all these highly ranked kids? So one of two things is true. One, they're bad at evaluating quarterbacks. Or number two, they don't coach them well. And I'm sorry, I'm just going with the latter. I'm just damn. So um, I, I'm just, and again, we're talking about playing Stanford, Dave. Come on, playing Stanford. Right, exactly. They're, they're terrible, and you don't need they're a high-level quarterback
2: to beat Stanford.
1: I mean, right? So, so Drew Pine can rip up you North Carolina and beat BYU, but he can't beat Stanford, and it's it's because the quarterbacks is yeah. not talented. Right. Like Dave, your, your overall point, I'm with you on because I have been critical of Tommy Reese's quarterback recruiting much more so than the previous staff's quarterback recruiting. With the previous staff, it was development, right? You know, like why why did Evergolson regress? Because Evergolson was incredibly talented. Why did Deshaun Kaiser regress? Why did Malik regress? Why did you know, other play. Why did Ian Book regress? Right. Those are all criticism that I've had, but it was never so much a talent issue. So anyway, uh, that's kind of that's kind of my my thing. There is, I, I think there's it's a both thing. They got to coach these kids better. They got to do a better job of putting them in a position to be successful, and then yes, continue to recruit higher level quarterbacks consistently because some kids are not going to pan out, and some kids are. But when you only recruit a big time quarterback once every three or four years. Then it it makes the margin for error a lot thinner, you know. But again, a lot of it is choices, right? They chose not to recruit Hendon Hooker. They chose not to re- push for Cade Klubnik. I don't think they would have got Cade Klubnik anyway. But they made that choice. You chose not to recruit Drew Eller. Right. Yeah. You chose. Not, there's a lot of kids they chose not to recruit. Uh, you yeah. you made that choice. You chose to get commitments from Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine when they were freshmen and sophomores. Tyler was coming out of his freshman year. Drew was a sophomore. You guys made those choices, and then don't get mad at the players if because they don't pan out or whatever. You chose them; they were your guy. So that is what it is. Benjamin Weiss, in your opinion, book pro- is your opinion. Book process the game was slow evolving now. No, 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 not even because he did, he did. Uh, but we it. also we but we also said during book's tenure that they should have given him less to do. Correct. We did say that. We did yes. say that because he didn't process well. So we would criticize them for making him do full field reads. Uh, so no, my, my opinion has not evolved on that at all. I understand where Benjamin's coming from on that though, Vince, based on what we're saying in the show. I mean, I think it's a very fair question based on what we're talking, because we're criticized, but the difference is too is Ian books in his fourth career start in 2018. When Chip long turned the keys over to, to, to Ian book, it was a very simple. It was a, pr- a right. much more simplified pass. Was, there was, was a lot a of RPOs. Of RPOs. Yeah. Yes a lot of quick stuff, a lot of one-on-ones, right. he had the big mountains on the outside to just throw the ball up to, it was a much, much better game plan. And, and again, the first two weeks when the, when things were simplified a lot, a lot of stuff that the tight ends, a lot of the backs, are, you're using different parts of your offense and being creative. And then all of a sudden, look, Drew Pine looks like a genius. right? right? And then you can try to go to this full field read and horizontal stretch, static routes, and all this other kind of stuff. And lo and behold, guys aren't getting open on that stuff. And, and it's mm-hmm. well, our kids aren't good enough. Okay, no, the coaching wasn't good enough either. Demetrius Rex with a super chat. It seems like Reese was forcing Pine into being a dropback quarterback, like he did Buckner against Marshall. Well, Drew Pine is a dropback quarterback. Yes. What I meant by that, I just want to make sure I'm clear on that. What I meant by that is he was turning him into like a a a quarterback that was doing more like dropping back, like you know, like a pro style type of guy, as opposed to what I thought he did a great job of with Jack Cohn last year when the offense finally got rolling. Vince, it was. I'm going to drop back and we're going to be quick. We're going to get the ball. Out. We're going to move. We're going to get guys running. We're going to cross. We're going to slide. We're going to slant. We're going to do this. And then and then we'll also do some stuff off of that, off play action. So then that set up the downfield stuff even right. better because they would suck them up, not just with the run game, but then also with some of the quick stuff and then set up the opportunities to get crossing routes, wheel routes. And this year, we're just not seeing as much of that stuff. And so, like, honestly, you you should be some looking something close to, you know, what we saw what we saw last year, you know? So, you know, yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully they adjust. Hopefully they learn from it. And they, yeah, adjust. they have to. Yep. Andrew Burke with a super chat. Thank you, Andrew. Very, very much. He says uh, we're halfway through the season. Where are your letter grades for every position coach, coordinators like whole and show. Head coach? I'm not doing grades this year. I mean, it's just, I haven't done grades going into the games. I haven't, just haven't done that this year. Uh, but I mean, Notre Dame's three and three, so none of the grades are going to be very good. That's Exactly. No, nobody is without blame, blame, or I say blame criticism. Uh, and I would hope that they would, here's the thing. One of the things I respected about some of the past coaches that I, that I knew pretty well, and I've shared stories about Chip Long and I could share similar stories about Mike Denbrock and, and, and Tony Alford and Mike Elko and different guys that I've known gotten to know a little bit is when I would be critical of them from a football standpoint, they would engage with me.
2: Yeah.
1: And, and what I found with all of them was the only time they ever push back on me is if I got something wrong. So I'll share a story one time. I don't know if I've ever said who the coach was, but a defensive coach, another name. I not, I wasn't, I wasn't ripping them, but I said, I was explaining why a play didn't work or why I thought. And I said, I think they're doing this here in coverage. And the coach hit me. up was like, "Hey, just so you know, I listen to your show. I just want to explain to you: we were actually in this coverage on that play, and what was supposed to happen is this, 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 and this." And he asked me not to say anything publicly per se because he didn't want me to. He didn't want it to look like he was on the player. Right. The bus. he says, "I'm just letting you know this is what our coverage was on that play." Right. And and I've joked about you know other coaches like, "Hey, look, man, like I I I didn't do a good job today. Like I could never say anything about those coaches that was harsher than what they were saying about themselves." Correct. If because that's what great people that's why that's why I never liked Brian Kelly. He just wanted you to praise him all the time. Like, you know, he should have been the one pissed off about his record against top ten teams, not me. Right. Right. Because that's his job. And that's what I liked about a lot of those those coaches in the past. Whereas now it's like you're critical of somebody and like they're never gonna talk to you again. You know, And, and it's just like or they get mad or you know, they sick people on you or whatever the case may be. And it's like, dude, you should be more pissed about this than I am. You know, and so you know, these co- you know, that's just kind of the way I look at it. Uh let manager one. I missed the offseason, those were good times. Great job <laughs> always guys. Yeah, back when hope was alive. Yeah, when you had um, hope. <laughs> but look, here's their deal though. That's funny, though. This team has an opportunity if they can get things right to still beat a lot. I had a buddy of mine called me tonight a coach and friend of mine, he was like, you know, man, they're going to lose a bunch of games. I was like, you know, the thing is, I was like, they can beat every team left on their schedule if they would just get their heads out of their behinds. Yes. Maybe they might need to catch a break or two against a couple of those teams. Sure. But I mean, they, if they can, if they can play with Ohio state for four quarters, they can play with anybody else. Left yes. on their schedule
2: Absolutely.
1: Right. And if they can whip North Carolina, then they can play with anybody left on their schedule for the most part. You know what I mean? But, they're going to have to make the changes. I hope they do because if they can finally build some momentum and that's what was so disappointing about this loss is you had a chance to really yeah. build some momentum Absolutely. fourth one in a row and do all that kind of stuff. And you lost it. And, and it's just, and there's just no excuse for it. And and anyone that wants to make an excuse for it is just not someone I want to have a conversation with. So, yeah, that's it. I don't know where I'm at. So, uh that vince that's going to do it for the super actually we just had one more pop up yep. Craig yes, Sebring said if we finish six and six or seven and five do we go to a bowl game or should we say no to any bowl games and absolutely should play in bowl games yeah look why not the only time you should ever say no to a bowl game is if you're going through a coaching change it's the only time right it's an opportunity for you to to get more work with your players which any coach worth his grain of salt should want there's going to be players like if they go seven and five and go to a bowl game Michael Mayer won't play in the bowl game, nor should Michael Mayer play in the bowl game, right. nor should Isaiah Foskey play in the bowl game or anybody else is going pro. Jared, Jared Patterson, should play in the bowl game. right. And I'm fine with that, right? I mean, I, I don't like it, but I accept it and I understand it. And, and that's I get the world it. we live I mean, in, and yes, I'm not yes, going to hammer him for it. I used to
2: hammer kids. I it used to hammer is. the concept,
1: but now yeah. I, I – I still I hate the concept. It. I still yes. hate the concept. I hate but it, but I but I'm get I'm not mad at the kids anymore. That's the culture that they are in. That's the environment they are in where that's – what's the you know best thing for them but because of the new because of the new the one thing the NSA has done a couple nice things the the one thing i've said they did was the four the four game uh, redshirt rule yeah because now you can play freshmen and kids who maybe haven't played four games yet yeah. in a bowl game and in the, bowl save the game. year of eligibility but you get 15 practices and, and you get to go somewhere remotely usually it's at a city where there's going to be something fun to do correct and your kids get to kind of have that last experience together as a team where that right. team will never be together again. Ever. So you, I would be disgusted if Notre Dame turned down a bowl. Unless the players – actually, I'd still be – if the players said, no, we don't want another bowl game, I'd say you got a huge problem with that football team. Yep. you got to start over from scratch and get yourself a new roster. And you just tell kids, hey, we're going to go portal and freshman next year. Yeah, right. So if you voted not to play, go, go play somewhere else. Yep. I don't know if you can I do agree. that or not, but that's what I would do. Well, you can. Shoot. And so – Look what happened at USC. They turned over like half their roster. Right. You can do it. Well, I Notre Dame not, can't do it quite lie. like that. But you get the point I, that I make. Yes. It, I, it tells I, me I, you've got a culture problem, and I'd be shocked if that were the case. I think there's a lot of kids that would want to play in a bowl game, should want to play in a bowl game, and, and coaches should definitely want to play in a bowl game because it's a great building opportunity for next year. Correct. That's the only time I'm ever comfortable with playing for next year is in a bowl game it's where bowl it's not a major a bowl, bowl game. game. Yeah. Where, yeah. Yeah. What did, you say, what did you say? Crappy bowl I said, game? I, no, no, no. I said bowl prep and, and yeah. a
2: lower bowl game.
1: Yes. Lower bowl game. Yeah. Correct. If it's the yeah. Fiesta Bowl, you're trying to win it. You absolutely. know what I mean? If it's absolutely. the Gator Bowl against Florida, you're trying to win it. If it's the Cheez It Bowl against Iowa State, I mean, you're always blessed to play. you always game, trying to win it. You try to win it, but I'm going to try to win it with some dudes yeah. that I'm going to have on my sure. team next year. Yeah, <laughs> you know absolutely. what I mean? Like, you know, that's just – and I'm not saying you – if Jarrett Patterson wants to play in that game, you don't say, sorry, Jarrett, we're going to start so-and-so. No, yeah, right. No. no. You, you know what I mean? But, hey, maybe I'm going to give my number – you know, my freshman receiver a couple more snaps or my – you know, let's just say hypothetically, Janarian Price was healthy by the bowl game. I'd probably play him a little bit just to get him a little bit of playing time, just hypothetically sure. speaking. Now, he won't be. Uh, I'm just – you know, he was just kind of the first – just an example. Yeah, right, right. right. So anyway, that's it for that. So that's going to do it for today's Brian's favorite, the Mayo Bowl. No, my favorite bowl game uh, name wise ten day is the Cheez It Bowl because I, I love Cheez Its, and I just think it'd be cool to kind of go cover that game and just get all you the Cheez It swag. Everybody, just you know you what I mean?
2: Cheez Its like that would be like, awesome. like. I
1: just have this. I have this dream of going to the Cheez It Bowl. And I walk into the media hotel and I go into my room and there's just like bags of cheeses or boxes of cheeses all over the place <laughs> like that's the dream ten day that's the dream, so that's why it's the oh, cheese it right. bowl that would be my my I my would, pick of I had all high the hopes,
2: I had high hopes for the uh, media gift last year at the playstation yeah. fiesta bowl oh yeah, and, uh, I was severely let down
1: severely now the players got playstations, yeah, well, yeah. I got a portable charger. Such, so such an ingrate. Such All a- right. So like, like 10 days said, everybody smash that like button on your way out. Also hit that subscribe to the channel, share this podcast, hit the notification bell, sign up for the message boards at boards at com. So yes, yeah, so that's going to, we'll be back tomorrow. We will, we're going to talk more about Notre Dame where Notre Dame is at the midway point of the season. It's going to be our focus this week. I honestly have zero desire to do four straight shows on UNLV. I just, don't <laughs> no, because this game's what, not that? about UNLV. Just like last week wasn't about Stanford. This is about Notre Dame. So we're going to have a lot to say about those type of things as we move forward. And uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, Vince. That's for sure. And then, of course, Vince and Sean will be together for one more day this week. And then Jesse and Sean will have two night shows. So we're going to have some fun yep. this week. It's going to be a lot yep. of fun. We have a one of Notre Dame's commits is going to join us for a, a – Ryan's going to interview him, and we'll, we'll play that at some point time this week and all those other type of things. So uh, we're going to have some fun this week. So make sure you are with us. But the way you know it is subscribe. Right, you guys, hit the notification bell, all that good stuff. So, four events on Brian. Thanks everybody for joining us on the Irish Breakdown podcast.